Bruce Claggett in the chair for Mike Smith, and with me is Bill Thielman for Bill's Beat. Bill, of course, former Vancouver City Council candidate and a veteran BC political strategist and campaigner. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Bruce. You know, uh, the first one I want to start with, and I want to ask you this because it is a little bit of a surprise, not the fact, we're talking about a new Angus Reid poll here, not the (laughs) fact the BC NDP is way out in front, it's the other part of this. The Conservatives, neck in neck, right in that tie in this poll, 21 to 22 percent support with the uh, Conservatives and BC United. Uh, You know, if I am Kevin Falcon standing there and I want to whisper some wisdom, some advice into his ear as a strategist, what am I saying to him? I guess uh, I think that's a job that almost nobody really wants at this particular moment, uh, strategist to BC United Party, given the circumstances. But, you know, I think if I were to be advising them, I would certainly say uh, that they better pour it on in terms of the identification of their party with the public, explaining it a lot more, because this isn't the first poll. As you know, Bruce, it's not the second poll. It's not even the third poll that's shown similar results. Uh, this would be effectively a cakewalk for the NDP if the, if the numbers were as they are right now, uh, an easy majority win there. Uh, I don't know if the B.C. Conservatives are going to hold up that kind of a support level when people find out that they're not Pierre Polyev and the federal Conservatives who are quite popular in B.C. right now. But uh, Kevin Falcon's got his hands full. He also has to find a few issues where he can hammer the NDP that will really be pocketbook or uh, coffee table issues at the family home, at the workplace, the kind of things people talk about which, you know, we can kind of identify them ourselves. You don't have to be, be a strategist. Uh, obviously, housing prices, both rental and purchase. Obviously, drug and opioid uh, overdose crisis and, and crime and related issues, homelessness around that. Uh, and uh, obviously, cost of, of living and inflation, which is really hurting people. And then there's some local issues. But we haven't seen a concentrated effort by BC United. I'm sure they would argue with me on that one, but but it hasn't been visible, I think, in media and to the public to the degree that they need to have it. Um, The good news for them, they got a year. Yeah, it is a year out. Also, one would have to wonder, you know, goes back to what's in the name. Well, it turns out a whole heck of a lot, as we're finding out. Uh, BC United, um, too late to go back to the old name, What do you think? It is a disaster. It is something that uh, should never have happened if you're looking in terms of a name that sticks. Polls show that. Everything else is showing that. What do you do about that? Well, you know, it's a funny thing, uh, because when this first came up, uh, Mike Smith, I think, and I talked about this when they named the name change from BC Liberal, a lot of people don't like the term liberal who are supporters of, of that party provincially but might be federal conservatives, and so be it. But they've gotten through a lot of the worst of it. And I gave the example. We've seen uh, a jack-in-the-box E. coli scandal. We've seen tampered Tylenol in the past where uh, some evil individual put poison in to replace Tylenol pills. Neither of those companies changed the name. Both of them very successful today. Um, so a name change you know, is very challenging. On the other side, you look at a company that tried a partial name change. You remember New Coke? Uh, <laughs> to your certain age because Coca-Cola decided to introduce a new formula and call it New Coke and it did not take off and it died a short death later. So uh, there are other companies that are renamed quite successfully. Um, this is a political party. It's a little different, but uh, we'll find out. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's a lot in a name. Uh, Maple Leaf actually is another one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. They never changed their name, but they also handled things a lot better when it came to uh, having some damage control. And uh, in this case, I'm talking about damage control just related to the name. Um, let's move on. Canada removing those 41 diplomats from India. Wow. Yeah, this is just, I mean, we, we've heard about it. Now it's actually happened. And, of course, one of the reasons why Canada is pulling people out is that they're saying, look, these, these guys will not even um, guarantee our diplomatic status. So they could be subject to arrest, uh, incarceration, etc. Uh, who knows what would happen next? We, we've had, here in Canada, we've had our fill of foreign governments imprison our citizens without any grounds whatsoever. We saw the two, uh, the two Michaels in, uh, in China. Uh, and the long, prolonged situation there. So this is really, um, I think, for the South Asian community in, in Metro Vancouver and in all of BC and Canada, is really disastrous because now to get a visa, you know, seems to me to be extraordinarily difficult, if not impossible, to uh, get one of your loved ones out of the country uh, who might have been in the process of immigration, uh, a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a child, that will now be extraordinarily difficult, if not impossible, for a long time. So there's going to be some political consequences to this. I, you know, I don't doubt that the Trudeau government had to do something in terms after the the uh, murder of Mr. Najjar right in the front of the temple. But on the other hand, you know, we still haven't seen definitive evidence yet. It's been uh, a few months now that. India had a, a, a hand in it. They say they do have the evidence. They say it's clear. They say the Americans have said they have some evidence, but nobody's seen it outside of security services and, and a couple of politicians. For sure. I, I think this is going to play okay in the Sikh community, uh, certainly in terms of some sort of action uh, from the uh, Canadian government. But what really makes me wonder is when we start to look at our business ties with China and alternatives to that, uh, the past uh, course has been to get closer and friendlier with, of course, India. Well, that's not going to be the case for now, and I doubt it's going to be the case for weeks or months to come. No, I don't see any insight on this one, and short of um, arrests and evidence being made public, uh, you know, the, the, the Indian government has also just been very blunt. Nope, not us, had nothing to do with it. So I, you know, uh, they're, they're better. You, you need the proverbial smoking gun evidence here, literally, um, that Indian agents or Indian uh, assassins funded in some way or hired in some way by some Indian agency of government before you're going to see anything change is my, my suspicion here. This story, and uh, it's right from a headline in the National Post, and this is a big oops. Canadian tech found in Russian drones used to kill Ukrainians, CSIS director confirms. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is one of those, uh, you know, uh, more than 007 James Bond type things that you just think, how is this possible? And uh, But what's happened, of course, is that uh, CSIS director David Vigneault has said, They've discovered Canadian technology in Russian drones used to kill people in in uh, in Ukraine in the war against Ukraine, and it appears that it may have come from Iranian-made drones. Uh, it's really it's still a bit murky as to what, but there are obviously many Canadian high-tech companies that provide guidance, that provide uh, guidance systems, that provide some kind of potential use for a drone, 
And uh, you can imagine the poor Canadian CEO who got sat down by CSIS and said, we're finding your technology uh, in exploded drones that have killed Ukrainians. And they had, this company had no idea. So it was clearly stolen technology. Plenty or mis-shipped or mis somehow, but boy, oh boy, and there's quite a few companies in Canada. We don't know which company it is, and uh, but it is uh, a pretty scary thought. Plenty of topics on the plate, including that poll that shows BC NDP in the lead, but the Conservatives and BC United neck and neck in the Angus Reid poll. Canadian tech found in Russian drones used to kill Ukrainians. And, oh yeah, 41 diplomats now kicked out by Canada in that ongoing dispute over the assassination uh, outside the temple in Surrey. Uh, any other uh, topics of your choice also welcome. Bill Thielman is with us. Let's go right to the phones in Chilliwack. Rob, good morning, Rob. Hey, good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Bill. You know, yeah, so I saw on uh, the news today, it's one year about till election time. So Kevin Falcon and his uh, United Liberals, BC United Liberals, they can hide behind a name change, call themselves BC United. But what's what they're going to be reminded of is that this is the party, the B.C. Liberals, now united, yes. They're the party who introduced the carbon tax. What people are also going to be reminded of is that the NDP railed against that tax, the carbon tax. And what have they done? They've only increased it. And now it's a multi, multi-billion dollar a year tax grab, as far as I'm concerned. Hence, the biggest reason why I became former NDP. Now I'm a conservative member. And the other thing, quickly, if I could ask Bill just quickly on the policing situation in Surrey. I just can't figure out, Bill, why are the NDP, David Eby, Mike Farmer, so hell-bent on imposing their will on the citizens there when they know it's going to cost, it looks like hundreds of millions more. I cannot figure it out. And do you think it's simply because it's a political reason? It, they hold, I think it's seven out of nine, is it seven out of the nine seats there? Okay, um, two so good observations slash questions there, Rob. Uh, let's uh, let Bill get to both of them. Hopefully you had your pen in hand, Bill. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, look, uh, on the election, I don't know what will happen. You, you know, Harold Wilson, the former Prime Minister of Britain, said uh, a week is a lifetime in politics, so a year is 52 lifetimes. Uh, there is still a chance, uh, still to hope for B.C., United to uh, pull up its socks and, and do a lot better, and I'm sure they will spend a lot of money identifying their party further. So I don't think the BC Conservatives can take it to the bank just yet that they're going to be the opposition. But, you know, you look at 1991, that's what happened with the BC Liberals and Gordon Wilson uh, when the Social Credit Party was imploding. I don't think it's the same situation. So uh, on uh, on policing, I, I always disclose I work with the National Police Federation, which opposed the transfer of their members out of Surrey. Um, I, if I could explain what was going on with the NDP on this one, I, I would be a smarter guy because I have tried to explain it privately and publicly. I, uh, as you know, uh, was in very much involved in the attempt to get a referendum, which would have solved all of these problems a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, didn't happen. I, I, I'm mystified, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that's uh, where a lot of people come down on it. Appreciate uh, both questions there, Rob. Uh, Surrey Police Service uh the transition, uh, what happened there, and why the NDP is uh, so hell-bent on this. Um, boy, that's uh, that's a good good question. One I tried to ask yesterday, got no answer for it. Um, appreciate the phone call there, Rob. Uh, George in Nanaimo, what's on your mind? Hi, guys. Bill, And I've told you and I've told Keith more than once that we're not confused about the name change. It's got nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that we do not see... The United is fundamentally different 
from the NDP. They support a lot of the same uh, uh, policies as the government. They actually gave them a standing ovation a couple of weeks ago. We don't see them as a viable alternative. Conservatives are far more in line with the way a lot of us think. And that's what it is. It's got nothing to do with the name change. We're not confused. Yeah, I I would agree with that, Bruce. Uh, You know, I understand where George is coming from. And this is a strain of of a significant number of voters we've seen for a long time. We had the B.C. Reform Party for quite a while, and Jack Weisgerber and others uh, were involved in in B.C. Reform Party. We've had uh, other parties as well that are representing a, a harder right, a further right, than where the BC Liberals were or where BC United is now, uh, no question uh, uh, there are there are people who will uh, who will switch as Rob just said he did from Chuck from NDP to BC Conservative and that has to trouble the NDP in the Fraser Valley and Richmond and areas where they won seats for the first time um, over the BC Liber- well, BC Liberals at that point uh, that they could uh, see the BC Conservatives be a real threat there. So I don't I don't doubt that there's a significant number of people. The question is how many at election time. And the way the old B.C. Liberal and before that Social Credit Coalition worked was they they jammed those people into uh, the square pegs into the round hole and said, you got no choice. It's either us or the NDP. Thanks for the phone call there, George, in Nanaimo. Uh, here's another one. I wonder if we see any more polls like this, if we're going to have more uh, Bruce Banman-type defections, especially in the interior of the province, people crossing the floor going over to the Conservatives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely possible, I think. And, you know, Kevin Falcon kind of drew the proverbial end uh, line in the sand and said nobody else is going to cross. Well, uh, there are some members that, that we're all aware of who are not particularly happy, and I just don't think you can rule out anything. If if this polling continues six months from now, I think you will see some move. Okay, Vancouver Island, uh, off to Dev. Dev, uh, I understand you have something else on your mind. Um, good morning. Bill, i, I got to ask you a question. You're a lot smarter than I am. So how is it that uh, our, our, our Prime Minister Trudeau accepts U.S. intelligence on the phantom assassin against the, uh, the Sikh leader in, in Vancouver? No evidence presented, none whatsoever. But our, our esteemed Prime Minister does not accept U.S. intelligence that it was not an Israeli airstrike uh, or, or any Israeli weapon that caused the damage in, in the Gaza Strip, in the, in the, in the parking lot of the hospital. Uh, Appreciate the phone call that? there, Dev. Uh, let's uh, stick to intelligence, what you accept and what you don't. What do yeah. you think, Bill? Well, I, I, there's no question there's an element of politics in Mr. Trudeau's decision, and we can't be party to knowing what evidence is there. It could be sketchy, could be uh, could be comprehensive, etc. But I think that uh, I think Mr. Trudeau is trying to walk a fine line between uh, complete support for Israel and some support for Palestinians, and it's a tough line to walk. But I, I hope that we do find out what happened. We did in other circumstances where there's been uh, airliners shot down, etc. Eventually, we did find out who it was responsible. Appreciate all the phone calls this morning and for all your input this week, Bill. Hope you have a good weekend. Uh, what's on tap at the bar, at Bill's Bar? <laughs> I think a Manhattan might be in order, Bruce. Thank uh, you very much. There you go.